Welcome to our Making History Parenting Podcast, where we want to make his story, God's story, come alive in the hearts of our families. Now, my name is Chase Baker, and this is Jennifer Akers. So today, we are joined by Cindy Hayes, who's our Director of Counseling here at Rolling Hills on our staff. Cindy has her Doctorate of Ministry in Counseling, so today she joins us to discuss what it looks like to reclaim spiritual leadership in your home. Having been in ministry for several years, I've seen, and as a church, I think that we've seen a shift in the cultural norm of spiritual leadership. So as kids age and families get busier and their schedules and family dynamic gets more chaotic, um, parents are more and more likely to begin outsourcing their role as the spiritual leader in their child's life to the local church. That's right. And we're thankful for the opportunity to be able to minister to kids, but the reality is the church only gets about 40 hours per year to pour into the, into kids, while parents on average get around 3,000 hours with their kids. So if you consider sickness and sports and, and holidays and random family issues, the best the church will have with your kids about 40 hours to explain everything the child needs to know about, the, about God, the Bible, and the gospel. So what we do at home becomes critical in the spiritual development of mm -hmm. our kids. So there's two questions we wanna ask. The first question is, do we know that it's important to lead out spiritually in the home? Do we know that as parents, that it's our job and it's our role in our kids' lives to be those spiritual leaders? And the second question that we need to ask is, do we feel equipped to lead? As parents, do we feel equipped to talk about the Bible with them? Do we feel ready to guide them in prayer, to work through those hard spiritual questions that come up maybe as they get older? So how can we pre prepare ourselves to navigate this through every stage of our child's growth? So we're excited about the conversation today. So will you join us as we have this important conversation with our counseling director, Cindy Hayes. Well, we're so happy today to be joined by Cindy Hayes. She's our director of counseling here at Rolling Hills. We're so excited that, to have this conversation with you today mm -hmm. and the idea of spiritual leadership and why it's so critical that it happens inside the home. For our audience, for our parents that are listening today and that are watching, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, and why this subject is so important to you? Because we know that you've also studied this subject before at school as well. Right, exactly. Well, um, I'm married. My husband and I both grew up in uh, Christian homes. Most of, I mean, Mostly. I mean, there were things like every family that were not perfect. Um, and we decided that we wanted, when we had children, to raise them in a Christian home. That was really important to us. One of the things that happened before we had children was um, I developed cancer. And by God's providence, was recovered and still able to have children. And so that changed everything for me. I saw everything differently. And same for my husband. And we really wanted to be deliberate about our children understanding that God was most important. So that shaped us. And we ended up having four children, and three of them are married. We have one granddaughter and three more grandchildren on the way. Oh, wow. That's incredible. So tell us why this subject is so important to you. Um, specifically because we know that God is our life and he gives us life and there's so much confusion in the world today and we wanted to really be sure that that was passed along mm -hmm. that, that they that our kids would have the opportunity to know that really know it because of the way we lived and um, we've had a lot of challenges in our lives and it just makes it all the more clear yeah well tell us a little bit about um, your doctoral studies and, and what what your 
thesis was and tell us about a little bit a little bit about that well one of the things that was really exciting for me was to get to work with Rolling Hills when I was working on my doctoral studies and um, really focused in on helping parents to regain the spiritual leadership in their families and uh, exploring what that looked like as a church came alongside families and parents' roles and how we could support that. And it was just a really exciting and dynamic time. And the church was really taking off at that time, really investing in families and actually um, created a new pastoral position um, to lead us in that direction. So it was exciting. That's awesome. So to start us off in this conversation, we're looking at a family today that is really plugged into the church and they feel like they're attending all the time. Um, why should they be concerned about the responsibility of leading their families? If, if they think that, you know, won't the church do this? They're attending church, they're going right. to Sunday school, they're coming to Wednesday nights. Why do they need to be doing more at home? Why yeah. is that important? That's a very good question. And, of course, we want families to do those things. But we want them also to realize that God has called us into, as parents, into being the primary educators of our children. And certainly in the spiritual realm, that's the most important thing. And we get this direction throughout Scripture. And it, it began when God created families. And um, that was his plan for passing on faith and knowledge of him. And um, we find Moses talking about it very succinctly when he was about to lead the people to the promised land. And they were there on the brink. They had been 40 years in the wilderness, and they were going to go into the land that God had set aside for them. He wasn't going. He lived a long life. He got a glimpse of it. He knew what was happening. And he said, what are the most important things I can share with these people? And so in Deuteronomy 6, he talks about love God first and most. And then he said, share this with your children. Do it when you're waking up and when you're walking along the road and when you're eating, when you're sleeping. I mean, he said, this is important. This is it. This is the secret sauce. This is what's going to happen. And so we get that direction from him. Later um, in scripture, after Jesus is on the scene and we have now met the Savior, he, he is questioned and people are checking him out. And he, they said, what's the greatest commandment? And he said, love God. Goes right back to what Moses said. Love God with all your heart and your soul and mind. And the second most important thing is to love others. And so that mm -hmm. same thing is passed down um, in the New Testament as it was in the Old Testament by God himself. And then later, after um, years pass, the Apostle Paul comes on the scene. He writes mm -hmm. a lot of the letters that are in the New Testament. And he talks about this. And, and specifically in the letter to Titus, he talks about um, how... Older, more mature members of the faith should um, pass that information mm -hmm. on and should guide and direct that they should lead their lives with integrity and that they should pass that on to the younger ones so that that passes from generation to generation. That's the legacy. And so he's really clear about it. So throughout scripture, the whole story, we see that um, God is calling us to be the spiritual leaders in our family. It's, um, it's done by family by family. And, you know, even to circle back and look at Moses, we saw that they were gathered by family groups. That's how, that's what God did. That's, that's his design. So it's exciting. Yeah, I love that. And I, I love the imagery in the Deuteronomy 6 passage. Right before that, um, Moses knew he wasn't going to go to right. the promised land. And so his job was to prepare the, the next generation to go to the promised land, looking back 40 years earlier and knowing that his generation didn't set priorities right. And mm -hmm. so they had to wander around in the desert for 40 years. That generation died off. And now you have a new generation that's standing at the edge of the Jordan. And then God asked him to go up on the mountain 
and look across the land to a land that he's not going to see or experience. Right. But his job is to prepare those guys, the next generation, to do it. So I love that that idea that, that our kids are the messengers that we're sending to a future that we won't that we won't see. And so what kind of message are we sending with them? I love that imagery there. And, and, and so the question for you is, why do we need to do it personally? I mean, if faith is an individual decision, shouldn't we just let our children just choose? Shouldn't let them kind of do it on their own? Well, their own? well ultimately, they are going to choose. They, yeah. they will need to decide. Pers- this faith is a personal thing. Um, and God calls us individually. And But his desire is that none would be lost. And as he's using the family to show mm-hmm. himself, um, we have a responsibility to step in there and show them the best by the way we live. We don't want to, we can show them a lot of religions, but we want them to know life and life abundantly. That's, that's our calling. And so we do everything we can do to show them that so that when they are making that choice, they have all the information they need. They've seen it lived out. They know what that relationship is and they want it. And that's our calling. That's what parents need to do. So it is a it is a personal thing, but um, it's more than that. I, I like to think about it in you know maybe some different kinds of terms. Suppose, for instance, you're going to a grocery store, um, and you learn that they were giving away steak or sushi or whatever delicious delight that you might imagine. They were giving it away for free because someone else paid for it. All right, wouldn't you take some? Wouldn't you tell your neighbor, your, somebody at work, your spouse, your parents, yeah. and want to bring them along? Because it's so wonderful, right. right? And so delicious and delightful. And, and that's what we want to do with our faith only more. I mean, this is, this is life today, life abundantly today and for eternity. We want that kind of excitement and joy to come from us. So we can let our kids choose a hot dog life, but we're hoping, you know, that they're going to choose abundant life and that we're going to show them that way. So how does this happen? How does that actually happen? Well, um, there are a lot of different ways (laughs) that we can do that. Um, I think one of the most significant things is that we know that we have more time with our children than anyone else. And um, so whatever we are doing and saying and mentoring and coaching and so forth with our kids is going to influence them. Um, Our relationships grow in time. So our relationship with God grows in time. Our relationship with our kids grows in time. And so with the time that we have, we expose that to them to that. Um, And sometimes, you know, we have to be reminded of that because we get busy. Like we get so busy that things get squeezed. Um, And we certainly allow our kids' schedules to get busy. And I'm sure we've all experienced this. Should we be in dance? Should we, all these different opportunities that the kids have and we want them to have the best. So we give them a lot of opportunities. We live in a culture in an area where there's a lot out there. But faith, this life, this is the most important, knowing the love of God. And so we have to remember that and work that out. and part of that is being with community believers and plugging in, but it's also our daily lives, the things that we say and do. Yes, this, the, the idea of modeling the behavior that you want to see. I love that statement that, that our, you know, the way that our kids experience God is through the lens of how we see and experience yes. God. So what is it that we really ultimately want them to, to what kind of behavior? We have to model that behavior for them. We have to do the things that we believe 
um, grow our faith, which is part of that community, being a part of a community, a body of believers, a community. We like to say they're community groups here at Rolling Hills, right. being in one of those, because we want our, our kids to be in a, a nurturing, growing, you know, Christ-focused body of believers where they can know how to follow follow Him. So share with us a little bit about your own spiritual leadership in your home. For you and Tim, what are the things that you did to, to make Jesus a priority in your home as your kids were growing up? Okay. Um, a big part of that was we were growing. Like We started figuring it out. We knew that we wanted our legacy to be that our children would know Jesus. That was our goal. So we certainly and deliberately went into our own Bible study time. Um, we started praising God out loud, um, looking for what he was showing us in the midst of difficulties, uh, vocalizing those kinds of things. That was really important for us. We were really deliberate about our involvement with our church community and um, getting support, having people in our lives that could speak truth into our lives. And all of those things were important because we wanted our kids, when they came along, to see that in us. But more than that, um, we started developing friends that knew and loved our children so that they and their children, who would be friends for our children, would have um, a mentorship kind of role. And in fact, they really did. Many of those people that were in our lives spoke truth into the lives of our children. And it's a natural part of the growth of when children grow from following a lot of rules to be, being becoming more independent to checking things on the outside. So they won't always come to mom and dad. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. not that mom and dad ever become something odd or different, but they might want like confirmation. And so we knew they had that. We knew that they had that in their lives. And that was really, really uh, significant. Um, we involved our kids in all the things that many parents do. We, we prayed with our kids. We read Bible stories. Um, one of the things that we like to do is um, tell the gospel story in different kinds of ways. Let them tell the gospel story. Um, imagine what it was like when it was going on. All of those kinds of things that we personally, not just at church, but we as a family mm -hmm. kind of engaged in. Um, we spent a lot of time understanding who God was so that they would know his character. And so we would talk about those things. We'd listen to them, what their, what their thoughts were on a particular scripture. And if they were, if we knew that they were slightly off, we'd keep going there. You know, it's like, well, tell me a little bit more about that. Or have you thought about this? And then, you know, allow them to own their faith. Because we knew our goal was that this would become their faith and that when we're not with them, they still could make good decisions mm -hmm. because they had the Holy Spirit speaking into their hearts. So that was really important. And later in life, maybe when they were student age, um, maybe even as early as eight or 10, we started bringing them to scripture for answers to their questions. Um, and also for understanding about how things should be handled. We'd say, okay, we might pick was that respectful? And we look at scripture about respect and what does that say to you and how could we respond? Um, there was one time when our son Kelly um, was getting in trouble at school because he was talking and disturbing the others. Can you imagine? <laughs> and um, so when note was sent home from school and we, we talked about it and we, we went right there with respect because that was a big word in our family. He said, well, I'm, I would like to think about this a little more. And so he was reading scripture and he came back with a scripture for us about doing everything as unto the glory of God. And we're like, oh God, you're so good. Like you were speaking <laughs> truth into him and into us. And this is amazing. And so we, we grew together uh, in a lot of ways. So I think that that was important. 
we wanted to we wanted our kids to see us as their uh, coaches and cheerleaders, um, not necessarily as their best friends. I mean, there were there were times when there was consequences for things that happened, but we wanted them to see that they were always loved, um, that God loved them, and so. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of circling them back to understanding that some of the things that are happening in the way that we're guiding them is because that's God's direction and that he is good and best beyond all the faultiness of mom and dad. If we screwed up, we let them know, we screwed up, please forgive us. Um, if Tim and I had an argument and they were part of that, they also saw part of the resolution. Mm. Like we didn't re- uh, hold that that's back right. from him because we're all sinners, you know, we're all fall short of the glory of God and, and we want them to see what God has done for us. We are trying to work out in the family as well. That is so much good information. <laughs> like I just got so many practical ideas for my family. I love it. One of the things that you mentioned was um, being really active with your church and your church community. So what are some ways for you and Tim as you were raising your children in some ways today that the church can really rally around a family and partner with the parents um, to help them and walk alongside them as they're growing in spiritual leadership in their homes. How does the church play a part in that? Well, at Rolling Hills and many churches around the world, um, the church has identified like places, of uh, mile markers, um, milestones, whatever you want to call them, where there's significant opportunity for spiritual growth and to, to label it and to know that God has moved in this place. And so our church does a great job of identifying those from um, birth all the way to when they graduate from high school and they're moving on into their own lives. And then there's a a path for uh, adult uh, believers as well at our church. So it starts with really with family dedication, that the parents commit themselves to leading their kids as best they can. And um, beyond that, there's support for the parents. And in our family ministry, that one of the things that's really important is we have classes that people can get involved in. We have adult discipleship. We have um, accountability groups. We have parent coaching, which is one of the things that came out of my Mm -hmm. um, dissertation project, which I think is so awesome. Parents that are a little further along down the road can come alongside a a family and share their wisdom and encourage them. And so we have all of those things in place for our families as they're growing and trying to know Jesus. Um, also, our curriculum is set up so that there's touch points. So if something is being learned in a Sunday school program or a Wednesday night or whatever, the parents are aware of that and can talk about it with their kids. And um, so the design is we come alongside them as a church. We come alongside all the families and parents in our church and try to support whatever good, godly thing is happening in there. So, That's yeah. so good. Um, thank you, Cindy. We. We're so grateful for you for the resource that you are for us. And, and so, you know, part of what we believe in family ministry, we've always had this kind of philosophy is that we, we definitely want to disciple our kids, but we also want to partner with parents as we we help disciple their kids. Right. Because ultimately they're the primary spiritual leader and yes. discipler of their home. And so what we have opportunity to do as a church family is be another voice. And you talk about having another voice in your kids' lives and we have other voices in our kids' lives, and we need somebody else to be the one saying, um, we're going to give them encouragement, we're going to tell them about Jesus, which you know we need to put that on repeat in our homes, but we also need another voice that's going to give them encouragement when they have doubts, be able to look in their eyes and say, you have potential, that God, God's going to use you in incredible ways. And, and so, right. um, yeah, thank you for that reminder for us. And, and so what are, what are some ways that 
um, what encouragement or strategies do you have that you just share with parents today? I think probably one of the most significant things for parents is that to know that they're loved by God, that he knit them together before they were even born in their mother's wombs, and he loves them, and he's got a plan for them. He knows all the dark stuff in our past, and he's forgiven it. Mm. And so wherever we are today in our journey, mm. he's going to meet us right there, and that he will provide for us the things we need to know him better. And it's out of that overflow of this, his spirit in us that will allow us to minister with and to our kids and in the church as a, as a greater place. And so that's, that's so important. So it doesn't matter where we are in our journey, just go. That's go to good. God. Um, lean into him. Be in his word. Pray. Um, worship. All of those things are so important because that allows us then to do the overflow with our kids. A lot of times kids come up with questions we don't know the answers to. I was quick to say, let's look it up. Let's figure it out. I'm not yeah. sure what God says on that. That's or, good. Let's yeah. clarify that. It's not that we have to have all the answers. We just have to be able to point our kids to the one who does. And um, that's so encouraging because they know we're faulty. I mean, the older they get, the more aware they become. So, <laughs> and, and they're quick to point it out. Yes, too. absolutely. Yeah. So we so that's one of the things I like to do is say okay well let's let's check this out what what about God's character um, gives us an indication about how we should be handling this or what stories have we already heard that are recorded in the history of the Bible that can help us to understand this better and let them get that so they own it it's their faith um, so that it just it becomes a part of their rhythm before they even know it so for parent just go there yourself. And don't be shy about it. Just lean in wherever you are, whatever stage you are. If you could find a mentor or um, somebody that you enjoy, you know, as iron sharpens iron, kind of working things out with, awesome. That would be so great. You can even share those kinds of conversations with your kids, depending on how old they are. It's, it's really wonderful and exciting. Um, what, what, they, what your kids see you do is um, what they'll do. If you love a certain sports team, they're likely to love a certain sports team. So if you love God, they're going to learn to love God. It's just the natural and supernatural flow that God has for us. I love it. It's exciting. That's great. You know, I I love to hear you say say that because we may have parents that are listening right now that don't feel equipped. They're they're discouraged right now. and, And the reality is that God has... Um, given us specifically to be the parent of our children. Yes. Nobody else. He's given just specifically us. And I also love that, that God is going to equip us to be the parents of our children like nobody else. Right. And so we just need to rely on Him. So thank you for, for saying that. And um, Cindy, thank you for, for this conversation today. It's really an incredible conversation as we kick off our Making History Parenting podcast. And it's, it's challenging because ultimately our kids see God through the lens of how we see and experience God. And so the con- these conversations are important. Cindy, you are an incredible resource for our church family. And so we are, we are thankful for you and, and how you continue to minister to families and impact the families within, within our church. So if you want to learn more about parenting resources, then you can go to our Making History Parenting resource page on our website to find out more information. The link is in the show notes.